Things are heating up over the EATS Act. Supporters of the bill say the Ending Agricultural Trade Suppression Act would prevent states from regulating farmers and ranchers nationwide. But opponents turned up the fire this week when a bipartisan group of more than 150 lawmakers sent a letter to House Agriculture Committee Chair G.T. Thompson and Ranking Member David Scott. Now this week and next week, we are focusing on the two sides of the EATS Act. Next week, you'll hear my full interview with the opposition, with Marty Irby, President of Competitive Market Action and Board Secretary at the Organization for Competitive Markets. But we're starting out this week with a group in favor. On the phone with me is Mary Thomas Hart, Chief Counsel with the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. If you want to read the full story with both sides, you can find that on our websites, southeastagnet.com and agnetwest.com. I'm Sabrina Halverson. Let's get into this week's Agnet Weekly. So I wanted to talk to you today about the EATS Act. First, can you explain to our listeners what this act is and what it would do? Great question. So the EATS Act really is um, the product of a pretty poor decision that came down from the Supreme Court earlier this year. Um, The Supreme Court was tasked with considering California's Proposition 12, which would prohibit the sale of pork in the state of California from operations that utilize gestation crates. The issue in that case is that there are no large-scale pork operations in the state of California. So in passing this state referendum, California was almost entirely regulating out-of-state activity. Um, So, you know, operations in Iowa, North Carolina, Minnesota would be subject to a state law passed by residents of California. Um, It brought up this question concerning the Dormant Commerce Clause, and unfortunately, the Supreme Court found in California's favor. So in response to that decision, Congress has taken action and introduced the EATS Act. The EATS Act does two things. First, it prohibits the state, like California, from passing a law that would impact production practices in other states. And then in the event that a state does kind of get away with passing a law like that, it gives a a farmer in another state a cause of action. So if you're a farmer in Iowa who has to spend a lot of money to comply with new California regulations, you can get some relief from the state of California under the EATS Act. So, of course, I've been following the California Prop 12 uh, since, you know, it started. And even before that, with the uh, proposition about the eggs and the, the hens, there has been a lot of opposition to California's Prop 12 throughout since it was first introduced from organizations and groups and farmers all around the nation. Do you feel like the EATS Act would effectively take care of their concerns? I think the EATS Act is, is a really important step toward getting some final, some final resolution in this issue area. Obviously, when you're dealing with something as complex as the Dormant Commerce Clause, you're probably not going to have a, a silver bullet solution that fixes everyone's problem in one bill, right? But I think that the EATS Act is that, that necessary first step that we have to take um, because it's important to remember that the issues created by the Prop 12 decision by the NPPC decision are much, much broader than agricultural production. But the EATS Act, I think, you know, for us, it puts, it makes, makes ag a priority. It provides some initial relief for agricultural producers. And then I think it gives us the opportunity to further consider 
um, potential solutions for the broader economy, because it's not just agricultural production that is impacted by one state with a large economy large economy being able to dictate national policy, um, that impact really is economy-wide. As you mentioned, again, going back to Prop 12, that deals with uh, the pork industry mostly. What is NCBA's concern, since you are obviously beef? What are the concerns there? Yeah, I I think it's important to note that NCBA and, and cattle producers aren't directly impacted by Prop 12 or the NPPC decision, right? That This is related to hog production and veal production. Um, but I think it's so important to note that the Prop 12 decision creates an extremely slippery slope, right? So, you know, today there's a ban on the sale of pork raised using gestation crates in the state of California. Tomorrow it could be a ban on the use of all, you know, necessary antibiotics to treat illness in animals. It could be uh, banning the sale of all meat that is raised in, in an animal feeding operation. Um, it, like I said, an extremely slippery slope um, that could hurt a lot of agricultural and livestock producers nationwide. Some of the opposition to the EATS Act is claiming that it would have a negative impact on small farmers. Do you think that that is accurate? And, uh, you know, or if not, you know, why? I, I don't think that's accurate at all. You know, I think when we look at the value of the EATS Act, it is, in, in fact, protecting small farmers, right? When we look at large agricultural operations, large livestock operations, they have the resources to comply with any state regulation, right? They they can uh, kind of they can manage the additional cost of compliance. The operations that aren't able to manage the cost of compliance and are more likely to sell out or go under um, without something like the Eats Act are those small operations, right? If, if you have a right now, if you have a small hog operation and you're about to have to spend thousands, potentially millions of dollars to comply with Prop 12, um, that's not that's not a very good business outlook, right? Um, but the EATS Act would not only prohibit a state like California from implementing that type of policy, but would also give you some relief if you have to spend that additional money um, to comply with a state regulation. So I, I think that the EATS Act is perhaps most beneficial for small livestock operations. And then there's a, you know, a thought of if it wasn't possible to get the EATS Act passed through on its own, having it included in the Farm Bill, and then that could cause some problems within the Farm Bill. Do you think it would be a positive move to have the EATS Act included in the Farm Bill, or perhaps not, and wait till next year to try to get it passed as, as its own legislation? You know, I think as far as vehicles for um, for the EATS Act or for any legislation, we're, we're open to considering, you know, any potential vehicles that are moving. We're open to considering the Farm Bill. Obviously, NCBA's priority is, is getting a Farm Bill passed this year um, and signed into law. Um, so if we see the EATS Act as, as an impediment to finalizing the Farm Bill, I think, you know, we would, we would look at other vehicles. Um, but right now, it seems like there is fairly broad interest um, in the EATS Act. And so, you know, I think all of the conversations that we've had on the Hill have been positive. Everyone, I think, across the political spectrum understands the impact of the Prop 12 decision to agricultural producers across the country. Um, And so I think that there's there's generally fairly broad support for the solutions provided by the EATS Act. 
There's there is also some uh, concern from opposition that companies from foreign entities could benefit from this act. Do you think that that's a possibility? I, I don't see it. I, I think that the the teams that crafted the EATS Act, um, the the staff that worked to to draft that bill had that in mind from the get-go, and the language of the bill states very clearly um, that this is only meant to provide a benefit to domestic agricultural producers, so it doesn't in any way create a cause of action for, you know, the Chinese government to sue the state of California. Um, This is is purpose-built to create a solution for American agricultural producers and provide a cause of action for American agricultural producers. So what do you think that would be most important important for our listeners to know about the EATS Act? The EATS Act is a necessary piece of legislation to, to fix a problem uh, created by the Supreme Court's national pork producers decision. Um, without it, there is an extremely slippery slope that put the largest state economies in charge of national policy, not only for agricultural production, but for all uh, economy-wide, I would say, industries. Um, and the East Act is, is going to be, I think, a necessary solution to that issue. Thank you once again to Mary Thomas Hart, Chief Counsel with the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. Again, next week, we will have the opposition to the EATS Act, talking with Marty Irby, President of the Competitive Market Action and Board Secretary at the Organization for Competitive Markets. If you want to read the story beforehand and read about both sides, you can find that story on our websites, southeastagnet.com and agnetwest.com. That's this week's Agnet Weekly. I'm Sabrina Halverson. Thanks for tuning in.